Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is episode 14 of the Glen Rock Towncast. And it's a really special episode because even though this, this guy was not from Glen Rock, uh, he's, a, he's a big fan of Hawthorne, Glen Rock, Ridgewood, all this, this whole area. Grew up in Passaic. And if you recognize that song that we just played, that's his song. It came out in the mid-60s. It's Joey D and the Starlighters. And, and Joey D is in his 80s and he's, he is still performing. He's going to be performing December 11th at the Bergen Pack in Englewood. Uh, check it out. It's the doo-wop show. And also, he has a new book out. We're going to talk about the book in the episode. And you can also see the video version of this episode on our YouTube channel. Uh, so just look for the, uh, the Towncast on our YouTube channel. And it may be a little difficult to find, but you could find it if you, uh, if you go to uh, thetowncast.com. Anyway, he's got a brand new book out. The stories in the book are unbelievable. Whether you're a music lover or just an appreciation, have an appreciation for music history or even American history, he talks about uh, he talks about racism that he was faced with. And he talks about having to fight off the mob. It, it's just and, and Jimi Hendrix, uh, Felix Cavalieri. I mean, so many people have played with Joey D over the years. The Beatles opened for him in Sweden back in the 60s, before they came to America. So the stories go on and on. I think you guys are really going to get a kick out of it. And December 11th, from 12 to 3, mark it on your calendars, from 12 to 3, he's going to have a book signing right in Hawthorne at Shortways Barn on Golfer Road. So you can come, you can hear some of his stories, you can shake his hand, and uh, if you do have an appreciation for, for his music, I'm sure he'd love to, love to meet you and love to... Uh, to say thank you personally. So I think you're really going to enjoy the episode, everybody. Alright, everybody. I, I can't even tell you. This is probably the most exciting episode we're going to have. We have an icon that's 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 joined us. And he's, he's not only is he introduced a new book, but the music that he's produced and the stories in this book are, are priceless. And, and the, fact that, the fact that he's got ties to Hawthorne just makes it that much better. And he's also Italian. So welcome, Joey D. Nicola. You guys might know him as Joey D. from Joey D. and the Starlights. Joey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Flavian. Giuseppe I, I, D. Nicola. That's right. Giuseppe Di Nicola. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I'm going through this book and, and I want to go back to, to your roots and where you, where you started and, and, and what inspired you, because the, the era that, that you started with the Starlighters, I mean, it was, it was, that was like the birth of rock and roll. And I think it was the genesis of rock and roll. The, rock and roll actually was considered the, you know, rock around the clock around the 1955 56 era and uh so i came a few years later but i was in in the beginning and i i got to see and meet some of the greatest acts in show business and i had a lot of them in my group which is an amazing thing but uh, i came from passaic new jersey and passaic is eight miles from the lincoln tunnel so that gave me access to all the record companies that were uh around at the time and back then, there were 100 independent record companies. Oh, yeah. But I started my band in Passaic, and uh, all I had the best band in New Jersey. We had contests every, every month uh, on who was the best band, and we always won. And, but what was lacking, Flavio, is I didn't have any vocalists because I was not singing at the time. I was playing alto saxophone. Oh, is that right? Yes. I started with harmonica, then clarinet, then I ended up with alto saxophone. So I went out because we had uh, myriads of doo-wop singers, doo-wop groups. Uh, I got David Bergatti, who was with the High Fives, and later with the Young Rascals in the Hall of Fame. And I, I had him join my group. He was from Garfield, New Jersey. And then I got Rogers Freeman from a group called the Vibratones, and he was the best singer. In, in his group. So I took him 
and I had the two best singers in Jersey and the best band in Jersey. Now I could go out. See, I was very entrepreneurial. I yeah. could go out and get work. And they couldn't get work as doo-wop singers. They, they couldn't sing in bars and stuff. I could play in bars with the band, but I didn't have the firepower with the singers. So I went, uh, you know, I had some good business acumen and I went out and I got the best singers that I considered in the state of New Jersey, except for maybe Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and then we went out and did our thing and, and we got very successful. So what was your, what was your inspiration? I mean, I, I knew you grew up in, uh, in Passaic. What was, what inspired you musically? Cause I, I know you talk a little bit about it in the book uh, and, and, and we're going to go a little bit deeper in the book, but you talk about it in the book. What, what was it that inspired you musically? Flavio, I had so many heroes back then, uh, and I started out, I knew I was blessed with a wonderful musical ear when I was in kindergarten, when we used to do Do Re Mi For So La Ti Do. <laughs> it, it came simple to me, and then I'd sing it in the same pitch that the teacher would say, and she was amazed that I was able to do that. So I knew I had some uh, musical ability, and, and then when I was around eight years old, I picked up the harmonica. And I started playing harmonica, and I got a friend of mine, uh, Tony Shudo, who's a drummer, and John Yannick, who was a guitar player, all from Passaic. And uh, we became the Thunder Trio. And we did Thunder Trio. Oil, and we were horrible. And, we, and <laughs> that's what we sounded like. But we were having fun, and we didn't know any better. We're eight, nine, ten years old, so it didn't matter. So you and, had uh, your first. You had your I, first you had your first band when you were eight, nine, ten years old. That's when we first started the group. And that's amazing. And uh, I I got a lot of uh, my education in Passaic. We had the Polish people's home and I used to go outside on a Saturday night. They always had a polka night and I'd go outside and listen to the music. And that was my first. I said, I want to get a band. This is great. And I heard Bernie Witkowski and, and all the Polish band leaders of the time. And I love the music. So when it comes to music, I love classical music, of course, because my mother always listened to opera. She was born in Sicily. My father was born in Abruzzo. So ah, okay. so I had the good, good musical background as far as classical music was concerned. And uh, Nicola Payon, people like that. My mother played that all the time. Carlo Butti, uh, you know, I know these are names that most people are unfamiliar with sure. unless you're Italian heritage and you're, you're a little older. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my inspiration. <laughs> so I love that music. I love the uh, polkas. I love country music. I have, I come from a family of 10 children. I have nine siblings. My mother and father had five boys and five girls. I'm number eight in the hip parade. I'm wow. the youngest boy. I have two younger sisters. And, uh, so I loved all kinds of music. And my older sisters was during World War II, big band music. So I loved big band music as well. And uh, then I, I got uh, exposed to R&B music. We had a candy store on Columbia Avenue saying that they played R&B music. And I said, wow, this is great. I love this. And I'm listening to Ray Charles and B.B. King and all the doo-wops wow. and the moon glows, the harp tones, uh, it, on and on, at infinite of Johnny Maestro and the Crest. And they became my heroes. And John, uh, Jimmy Beaumont and the Skyliners, I'm saying, that's what I tailored my band after. R&B music. I just loved it. Yeah. And I, and I know that, um, you know, Paseca is a very diverse it was at that time. It still is today. It's a very diverse community. So it, it's good that you there's have another, There's another thing which I don't understand what's going on today. I hired my band according to ability. I picked the best people I could find. It didn't matter. My mom and dad were not prejudicial people. They said, judge, treat the people. And they're, they're first generation. They're, they're happiest days when they got their citizenship papers. Okay? Mine too. Mine I can too. remember that. Do you remember? I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry? You remember when your parents got their citizenship? Yeah. I, I, when I was like 
eight years old, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So and and they were so proud, so proud. Yeah, I was the same way. My parents got it because I was an immigrant also, but they got their citizenship. I was about eight, nine years old. And then when I turned 18, I got my own citizenship and became naturalized. Uh, yes. And it is. It's, it's a very proud moment. And, and it was never just like you, you. You know, we never grew up in a prejudiced household. It was whoever does the work, do the work. Exactly. And, and my neighborhood was an integrated neighborhood. One of the Shirelles lived right around the corner. She was best friends with my sister, Angie. Is that right? Beverly Lee, yes. Wow. And then I got to meet all the Shirelles because I went to school with them. I'm saying. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, they had a hit record. And I said, wow, how cool is that? I'm just starting my band. And I'm saying, maybe they they can get me uh, an audition with their record company, Scepter Records. And the woman that owned Scepter, Florence Greenberg, was also from Passaic. Really? So she did give me, they got me an audition and I got signed to Scepter Records before I went to New York and before the Peppermint Twist and the Peppermint Lounge. So How I have were, a lot to be grateful to the Shirelles for giving me a, a kickstart of my career. How old were you when, uh, when you signed with Scepter? When, when I signed with Scepter, I was 23 years old. 23 years old. Yes. And you've been playing. You'd already been playing since you were like eight. I had been playing since eight years old, like I told you from the yeah, video. Yeah. But one night, I, we were called Joey D in the band. We were at St. Anthony CYO. We, oh, my first paying gig was the YWCA in Passaic. We did uh, two hours, and we there were five of us. We each got paid $5 each. And I said... You mean you can make money playing music? I was having a ball and I got paid for it. How, said, how old were you? This is great. How old were you at, when you got that job? At the time, probably 17, maybe. I was still in high school. Amazing. So here you are, you're in high school. You realize, wow, you can get paid actually playing music and performing. Yes, it was amazing. That had to be a little bit of a jump start for you. Yes, and now how I named the group, uh, now I'm starting to play at the Passaic Armory. I'm playing at St. Anthony CYO. They had a lot of dances, a lot of social activities yeah. for teenagers back then. I don't see that anymore. I don't know and why they don't they do it. Have that. I think there'd be less trouble and people would get along more together. Absolutely. Okay? It's a shame. It's a shame. And it'd be a great, a great uh, situation for the younger generation. Unfortunately... I, I think I grew up in the best time ever because the, the second world war generation is the best generation in the world. Or I have, uh, uh, four brothers, uh, two were in, in the air force. One was in the army. I, my mother had four brothers, all of them in the Navy. So we got, uh, associated to with the military and always respected and honored people that were in the service because yeah. of their, what they did for our country. You know, they kept us safe. And during yeah. the Second World War, that, that was a real deal. I mean, if we didn't win that, we'd be speaking German right now. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And your song would have never come out. <laughs> and so I went to St. back to how we got to the name. Yeah. I'm in St. Anthony's, Joey D's band. And I go outside and I was a big fan of the Moonglows. And it was a, a starlit night, and I'm out during the break, and I'm saying, we got to change the name. And I look up at the sky, and I see the stars, and I say, moon glows, stars, star, starlighters. And that, that sounded really good, Joey Dean of Starlighters. And I said, that's the name. And this was when I was about 18. We became Joey Dean of Starlighters, and it's been ever since. 18 years old, and, I mean, it was – it. It, I mean, it still sticks to this day. I know you've had, and we're gonna we're gonna get into all the people, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about your book. So, guys, this book this just came out. This is the entire it's a lifetime of stories, and and the stories we're gonna get into some of the stories, but I don't want to give too much away. I, the the number of people that you were involved with, and the number of of um, just the number of of things that you came across, the racism during that time. That's amazing. Uh, it's 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 incredible. And and what I what I love about your story, Joe, I'm gonna tell you, 
is that, like you said, it, it was about talent. It was about who can who can enhance our music, who can who can fit in the band and, and perform and, and give it everything you got. It wasn't about color. It wasn't about creed. It wasn't about any of that stuff. Of course not. It was about music. Yeah. And what was going on. in And, and we all got along uh, in my neighborhood on Washington Place, Columbia Avenue. Uh, we played sports together, went swimming together. We, we shot pool together. We, we did everything together. It was like uh, the Little Rascals. You know, yeah, we, were in, right. we were integrated and it was cool. And we never thought about it because like I getting back to my parents and the wonderful way they raised the 10 of us, they, they were amazing. It, just like Martin Luther King said, judge people by the content of their character. And when it came to music, I judged them by the content of their talent. Yeah, and that's how, that was my mantra. And that's what I went with. And that's how I came up with some of the best musicians. And we'll get to that, Flavio. I'm sure you'll get to that. Oh, absolutely. Some of the best and most famous people in, in the music world. Yeah. And ever. And, and for you guys listening and watching, wait till you wait till you hear some of the names of these starlighters. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. Flavio, I can't believe it myself. It's incredible. All of this happened to one person. Yeah. The people that I got to meet. And it, it's the timing. I always believe timing's everything. I was in the right place at the right time. I started playing the bars around Lodi and Passaic and Garfield, and um, they all had live music. And then one one fortuitous night, I'm at Oliveri's on Route 46 in Lodi, and I'm playing normally. And this guy comes up to me, says, I'm an agent from New York. And how would you like to play in New York City? And that was a dream. I knew if we got to New York City, we'd make it. Somehow or other, we'd make it. Yeah, yeah. And he hired us in a place called the Peppermint Lounge. And we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, the Peppermint Lounge. So, so when you started putting the Starlighters together, what was your, what was your thought? What kind of a band did you want to assemble? Well, I wanted an, an R&B style band. Uh, and uh, what I did was uh, back then uh, they, they called people of colored colors. Okay. So, yeah. okay. They were colored, but uh, I called them singers and, and musicians. Right. Well, Rogers Freeman took us to a nightclub in Newark, New Jersey. David, when I say we, David Bergatti and I, and we were the only white people in the place. And I'm listening to live music which I love R&B and WNJR radio in uh, Newark. That's the radio station I listen to. So right. we go into this club, Ben's Cotton Club. And now they put the records on the jukebox and I'm, they're playing some songs and they're dancing. And I hear us, well, God knew, you know, come on, baby, let's do the twist. And I said, wow, that is great. I think we should add that in our show. So I, I, I bought the record, brought it to rehearsal, uh, had the Rogers Freeman sing it in the show, and that became part a big, big part of our show because people really? liked what we were doing. We were doing this the first time that people dance separately. It was right, so cool. Right. In a lot of in a lot of ways, maybe, maybe people you know in the jitterbug would would uh, let their partner loose for a minute. But this whole dance was, you did your own thing. And that was why it was so successful because yeah. you didn't have to be a great dancer. The simplicity of it is what made it. Yeah. And it also, it also made it accessible to everybody. So you exactly. can, you can anybody do could do it. If you, if you were the worst dancer, if you couldn't walk and chew gum, you could, <laughs> you could do the twist. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, if you went to a dance club, you know, back then there were dance halls that you can go to. But if you go to a dance club and you don't, you know, you're shy and you don't have anybody to talk to, you could right. the dance floor and move around. Simple. And that's how we that's how we created this phenomenon. And my band was responsible for it. And I don't take all the credit because without these great musicians and great singers, you would never heard of Joey D. Yeah. I mean, and Joe Dinicola. But then I would have became... 
I, I went to uh, Patterson State College for two years because my goal and my mother's goal was I was going to be a history English teacher professor. That was my goal. So I went two years there and then I took a one year hiatus. I said, because music was tugging at my heart. That was my first love. Yeah. And I said, let me let me take one year off, mom. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to school, get my degree and I'll become an educator. And she said, OK, but she really wanted me to be an educator. And uh, so what I did was I took that one year and in that one year I went from all these bars and nightclubs in Jersey to the number one band to the number one band in New York. That's amazing. That's how that happened. Yeah, and guys, you can see behind me are some of the uh, some of the highlights. I know you guys played. Oh, uh, those places, they're great, great room. You know, the Riptide. I played there with the Ronettes when I discovered them at the Peppermint Lounge. Now we'll get into a little bit of some of the famous people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm playing there one night. The place is packed. These three young girls come to the front of the stage at the end of one of my songs. Can we sing with you? And they were they were so cute, and they looked great. And I said, let them get on stage. Even if they can't sing, they look great, and they can dance. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So they get up on stage. I said, listen, the Shirelles gave me an opportunity. Now's my time to, to give back. So I said, let me give them a chance. They got on stage and did Ray Charles' What I Say and tore the house down. The roof came. Wow. Literally came down on them. And they were so great. I hired them that night to be part of my group. And we went to Wild in New Jersey and Seaside Heights and all the local places. And we went as far as uh, Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. And I wanted to Whereas talk about that. When my eyes were opened. Yeah. Because want- coming from Jersey, you know, I knew there were a lot of, there was some people that were racist in Jersey and New York. It didn't, it wasn't only down South. We had a lot of that around here, too. But I ignored those people and, and attributed that to ignorance. So what That's happened was... to this day. <laughs> exactly. Same yeah. thing. And what I did was we get to Maryland and we go to check into a hotel and the clerk says, these young ladies can't stay here. I said, what do you mean? I said, they can't stay here. It's white only. Maryland? I said, what do you, you know, I never came across this before, racism. Yeah. So what I, what we did was my brother Al was with me. He's from Hawthorne, New Jersey. He still lives there. 60 years he's been there at the same place. Father of uh, That's where I stay when I, I'll be there Friday, matter of fact, when I come <laughs> there to Jersey. And then Saturday I'm working in Red Bank at the uh, Count Basie Theater with a huge show. But anyway, Amazing. so getting back to that. The, the owner of the of the club says the girls can stay upstairs. We have rooms upstairs, but there were no beds. My brother goes to the uh, Army and Navy store and gets three cots. The Ronettes are sleeping on three cots above the above the club, and they were cool with it. You know, had I known better, I I would have resented it and just said, no, this is not going to work like this. But they were fine, and we were there. So I said, okay, let's do it. Later on in my career, other things happened that were unacceptable to me. And you'll read it in the book. Joey, you you know, the Peppermint Twist Chronicles, it's not only a musical book, it's a historical book. It It talks about the time of being in in America in in the early 1960s and the people and that I met and Vietnam and, and all the other things and, and the racism that I uh, encountered because I had the integrated band. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's amazing because, and you can see it back here. You can see when you guys, when you guys played Wildwood. I love that. I would love to have copy. I don't have any. I was, was not a saver. Unfortunately, I don't have anything other than what my sisters and brothers they say collected over the years and they gave it to me. I'm going to send that to you. Oh, wow. That's yeah, I'm going to send that to you because it's. Uh, or, or give them to Kimmy. I'll pick them up. 
Oh, that's right. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be. I'm coming up Friday. Absolutely, I'll give, I'll give them the, as long as you sign the other ones. And if, if you like, I'll. Well, I got to sign a book for you. I didn't sign that for you, did I? No, and that's what I want to say, guys. Listen, this book is available on Amazon, uh, and 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 Joey is gracious enough. If you guys buy this book, we're gonna give you the address, and I'm gonna put it in the uh, in the in the uh, the forward as well. And they can go on my joeyd.com website and click right on there. Do that. that. That'll save you a few steps. Do that. So, uh, go to joeyd.com and you can find out where jo what Joey D's up to, where, where he's going. Joey D's still very active. Like I said, I'll be at the Count Basie Theater in, uh, in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey uh, on Saturday, October 2nd. So and I'm now looking forward. I, do, I did it every year until this, this devastating COVID came along and and every one of us knows somebody who they lost a family member or a friend or somebody they knew. It's, it's just an, an awful, an awful scourge on our country. Yeah. I know. I know. And I know you still, you, you performed in Atlantic city not too long ago. Exactly. COVID. And, and is your son, I, I, I noticed I did a little reading. Is, is your, are your son and daughter, are they performing with you? Well, not on the. I have my oldest boy who lives in Hawthorne. So here we go. It's another connection. See Joey that? Jr. He's <laughs> a third. My father was Joe as well. So I'm the second. He's three, and he plays keyboards. So That's he'll awesome. be with me on on that job. But they supply other musicians as well, and That's I'll do my songs, preference with what kind of love, shout, and and a few others. And guys, go go to joeyd.com. And, and you know what? Order it through joeyd.com. You don't have to go and buy it anywhere else. Order it through joeyd.com. And the other thing is that it, you can mail the book down to him in a, in a prepaid envelope, and he's going to autograph it for you. Exactly. Okay. be my pleasure. And, and what Bobby, I, I want to tell you two things yeah. I'm extremely proud of. Number one, coming from New Jersey, because there's a certain attitude. We all have it. Absolutely. And if you're Italian, it's even a little more over the top. But my my other most important thing, my my biggest accomplishment is having an integrated band in 1962 with the number one record on Billboard, uh, Billboard rec, uh, yeah. record compilation. Yeah, you were one of you. That's were the biggest the thing I'm proud of. You were one of the first to integrate your band and to not. You know, if you had to turn down a gig and, and you read it in the book, if you had to turn down a gig because they were being prejudiced about your band, you did. You walked away. We that's they hired all of us or they hired none of us. I love that's that. I, look at it. I love that. And, then, for that. and the Peppermint Lounge, the people that I met, Flavio, I go there on it. Merle Oberon was the first one to come in with Charlie Knickerbocker. And it's wow. all in the book. And. They came in to get out of the rain because Peppermint was on West 45th Street between 6th and 7th. And that's where all the theaters are. So they were coming from one of the one of the shows. Yeah. And they came in to get out of the rain, have a cocktail. And my band was, happened to be playing a twist at the time. Yeah, yeah. So the kids on the dance floor, she actually got up as a hoop, you know, to goof. And she got up and danced with the kids. And Charlie Knickerbocker wrote about it in the Daily News the next day and Boom, the place exploded. It was <laughs> not a dime spent on publicity became the world's famous nightclub. Well, and you guys were the house band. You were the house and band. The, and the people that came in subsequently, Judy Garland was there almost every night. Judy Garland, the Wizard of Oz. I'm a movie buff too, so this, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Shelley Winters, Shirley MacLaine, John Wayne, this is just a movie set. Wow. Uh, Nat King Cole. Uh, if you were anybody in the 19, early 1960s, you came to the Peppermint Lounge. Jackie Peppermint. Kennedy, Ted Kennedy. Uh, it was just incredible. Duke and Duchess of Bedford. We had royalty come there. Wow. Uh, it, it was just such a famous place. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, music. Come on. Does it get bigger than that? Marilyn Monroe, Ava Gardner, the most beautiful woman in the world, in my opinion. And I had an eye for women. You, I'm not too proud of what I did back then, but it's in the book. And uh, 
it's very interesting stories. And if, listen, Christmas is coming up. And if you got a birthday uh, coming up for somebody in the family or a friend, if you buy one book and you want to learn about the 60s and what was going on, not just the music, but what was going on in the country, buy this book, Peppermint Twist Chronicles. It'll be the best book you ever bought. Well, I won't regret it. It took me 11 years to write this thing. And I had to get an okay from my wife because it, I'm not <laughs> proud of all of it. Yeah, well, it's it's, and you know what? I have to say, from what you you were saying earlier, your mother would be very proud of you because she wanted you to, you know, to go to school for as a history major. And here, you literally, you literally highlight the events of, and to me, the '60s was the most influential decade. In, in so many different ways in, in society, I, I, I artistically. Yeah, it's amazing. So for you to, 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 to write down everything that's happened to you in your life and, and what you witnessed and what you went through, I, I was reading that one story, maybe you could share real quick about what happened up in Portland. I know that uh, you had a situation when you went up to Portland, Oregon, it was the same thing. It was that same, same racism and same prejudice. Incredible, incredible. I'm saying this doesn't happen. I, I, I read about it. And I knew it happened in Alabama, Mississippi, and the deep south, even Florida, where I live now. But, geez, come on. You know, like, we need more Martin Luther Kings. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. And, and one and of my you, heroes. And, and you get into great detail. And I, and I love that about this book is that you, you, you could tell that you poured, you poured your heart and soul into this. Yeah, yeah. it took me a long time, but you know what? It, it comes from how you grow up and where you grow up yep. and how your parents teach you. Because uh, I have seven children, 13 grandchildren, and here's what I do. I tell them when they're little, Pichotti, you know, when they're really little, <laughs> I say, listen, <laughs> There's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. And I want you to do the right way. And you'll know the difference. Yeah. And you're going to go out in the world because I can't be with you 24-7. But when you're in the house, you're going to abide by my rules. This is not a democracy in the house. I'm a dictator. Okay. And you're going to do it my way, the American way, the Italian way. When we respect each other and we love each other. And nothing's more important to me than my family. Amen to but that. When you go out in the world, you respect people and you treat people and stay with the people that are nice and good and stay away from the other kind. Right. That's it. Very That's true. my mantra. And yeah. thank God they listen. Well, and, and I want to talk a little bit about, about the Starlighters because your band which has been around now for almost 60 years. years, 60 years. Over 60. Yeah. Well, we can go, and, go and even further to Thunder Trio at 70. Yeah, right. And it's, I have friends, Flavio, <clears throat> for 80 years, since I was like three years old. All right. Is any of the uh, other Thunder guys around? Um, Tony Shudo, uh, who is still practicing law. Wow. His father made him leave the band because he wanted him to get a real job. <laughs> yeah, I, that's in the book. I read that so in the Tony book. So Tony Shudo, he goes to St. Peter's College, graduates, goes to Seton Hall Law School, becomes an attorney, uh, joined the uh, U.S. Marine Corps, became a captain, uh, came out of the Marine Corps, he became a Superior Court judge in Bergen County. I mean, he has a wonderful resume. Every time I go to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut or Atlantic City or any places in New Jersey, he gets up on a stage and he's my drummer. He's my first drummer and my last drummer. And he's, wow. he gets on stage and plays with us. And he's still terrific. And he's a wonderful, wonderful person. Here's a guy. We started the group together, you know. I was six years old. He was five years old. We went to <laughs> Lafayette School Number Six in in Passaic. That's awesome. 
Well, shame on, shame on you, Tony, for giving it up for law school. Right. And the other guy, John Yannick, became a policeman of say, unfortunately, he passed away. But then I got David McLean, who became super, uh, assistant superintendent of schools in, in Passaic. And he's, a, he's a, a guy of color. So what, you know, he, he's a great guitar player. Vinnie yeah. Correo, who was also a great guitar player, he played for Ella Fitzgerald. I have three guitar players, two in the Hall of Fame. One got an Academy Award. You want yeah, to hear Fabio? Let's talk about your Starlighters. Let's talk let's about talk them. about some of these guys. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Incredible. I put together a group called They Became the Young Rascals. They were Starlighters. I had my own nightclub in New York City in 1965, and that's when I hired Jimi Hendrix. He was known to me as Maurice James at the time. That was his real name. That was his real name, right? Yeah. And then he became uh, James Maurice. He had a lot of aliases. But it, <laughs> eventually, you know, Italians know about aliases. And, and the, anyway, he became Jimi Hendrix and the greatest rock and roll guitar player. Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame also in England. Yeah. Not just in America. And then I had Gene Cornish. I took him from one group. I took Felix Cavalieri from uh, Felix and the Escorts. And I took Eddie Bergatti, for, uh, who was just a young kid, and uh, they be they became my Starlighters, my backup group. And then they they sounded so good together, they put made their own band, and they became the Young Rascals, Hall of Famers. They got Dino Donnelli. He's the only one I didn't have, but I knew Dino very well. Sure. And these once again all Jersey except for Gene Cornish and and Felix. They they were from. Uh, Gene was from Rochester, New York, and Felix was from uh, Pelham, New York. So, but close, close to the city, uh, Felix was. And I saw Felix at the Choo Choo Club in Garfield, and I said, "Wow, this guy is great." And I'm, I'm doing shows in Europe in 1963, and my keyboard player was with his wife, and she got homesick. So his name's Bill Callanan, David from Nutley, New Jersey, and they wanted to. He, he had the lead. So I, I knew Sal Benur who owned the choo-choo. And I said, get, get me Felix Cavalieri and I'll fly him if, wow. he, if he'll come and he can be my keyboard player. He's so great. And that's exactly what happened. That's how Felix became a member of my group. And on one of the gigs, and I'll give away some of the book, but not all of it. We're playing in Stockholm, Sweden. And I look on the billboard and I see this group from England. Beatles, Beatles. The Beatles are my opening act in Stockholm. Open for you guys. I That's mean, amazing. come on. Nobody Man. can have that much success and serendipity, and in, in you know, in one lifetime. And and Man. I did it in the matter what ten years. I yeah. met all of these fantastic people. Incredible. And this was, and this was and I don't even tell people because they wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe this happened to one person. Get the heck out. You know, you come from Jersey, you're a little cynical, a little skeptical, and that's right. a good thing. Yeah. And I brought her with me to Florida, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the Beatles, they, they didn't they didn't even at that point when they opened for you for the Starlight, for Joey D and the Starlighters, they were they had all they had was please please me. And right. then they were so great that night. I threw a party for them uh, in the Hotel Foresta where we were staying. And they were so impressed that I was a big star. I had a lot. I had Shout, a Peppermint Twist, Mashed Potatoes and all. I had some, several hits. What kind of love is this? And they, you know, they said, that's so great. Of you. We're coming to the States in the uh, in 64th. Because uh, this was in October of 63, wow. a couple of months before they came to the States. And they said, we're going to come to the Pepper Lounge to see you. And I, I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Right, you know how we are. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I heard those stories before. And George said, we're coming to the Pepper Lounge. And I got pictures of proving all four of them came to the they Pepper Lounge. Up. And th they are great guys. They had a great and Wonderful senses of humor. Unfortunately, we lost two of them. Yeah. But uh, uh, I still see Ringo because he's still around pretty much. I don't get to see uh, Paul, but uh, 
I'm sure they remember that night in Stockholm. And, and the well, and, and 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 your band, you you were almost doing an all star band before any of them became all stars. Just the Incredible. list goes on and on of the people that you had in your band. And, Flavio, and again, you, you know, don't tell anybody; they won't believe it. Let them buy the book. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy the book. Go to JoeyD.com. Take a look. You, you, yeah, you can just click on it. You know, we'll buy the book and that's it. And yeah. then you go right to Amazon. And he's and gracious. Oh, I want to tell you this. I yeah. just got word yesterday where the number seven rock and roll history book on Amazon. How's that? Seven. You know what? We're going to put you, out. We're going to put you number. We're going to get you up to number one. Well, we want to be a bestseller. That's my goal. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because once people start reading these stories, I mean, it's, it's yeah. it, like you and said, it's not just great birthday present. Great Christmas. Christmas is coming. Hanukkah is coming. Yeah. Go out and get the book. You won't be, you won't be sorry. And the people that you give it to are going to be very grateful. And, and it's, it's, you know, again, it's not just, you know, you have a lot of, you have a lot of rock and roll books that come out and they basically talk about themselves and what they went in through to what they went through and their drug addiction and their recovery and, you know, all this stuff. But you get into a lot more of, of what was happening. What was going on in the early 60s? It's yeah. historical in a lot of ways. It really is. It really is. Very proud of that part of it. That's what I and love. That, that's what makes it interesting. It's, and then double dating with Lenny Bruce. What? You, I, you mean, know, what I, are, I consider him one of the funniest guys in the world. I, know, wrote and I got to meet him and become friends with him. And that's because of music, being at the Peppermint Lounge at the right time. It was just I wrote remarkable. Down, I wrote I wrote down the who's who of, of what you had in the book. I know that you, you know, you, you started in Jersey. I know you knew uh, some of the Jersey boys. You knew Joe Pesci. You knew that whole group, right? Yeah, and Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, they were my idols. I used to go, they were the four lovers when I, when I used to go see them in the local bars in Jersey. Right. And Frankie Valley and I are still great friends. And if you look at the back of the book on who endorses it, you can't uh, believe it. These are again. these are great people. Flavio, read a couple of the names of the people that are on the back of that book that endorsed you. Got, and it's people that you wouldn't even imagine. You have no Sir Barry Gibb, incredible of, of the Bee Gees. people that I got to meet because of music. Yeah, you got Frank Frankie Frankie Valley, Aaron Neville from the Aaron uh, yeah. Neville and the Neville Brothers, Ronnie Spector, Frankie Avalon, it's Bobby like, Rydell is in there too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Shirley from the Shirelles. Beverly Lee. I mean, they're all great friends. Larry Chance from the Earls. Uh, they, they all endorsed the book. Uh, yeah. Jay yeah. Siegel from the Tokens. And it's just incredible. Can you imagine? We're still friends. We started out together in the, in the early 60s. Here it is in the 20s. Still friends 60 years yeah. later. But see, that's that's testimony to who you are, to who they are. Right. That's it's it's amazing. And I know we'll, 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 I want to touch on one last thing before we sign off, because I, I know how busy you are. You're going to be coming up to Jersey uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance. At least I'll get a chance to shake your hand and, and thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. I know when you're, it's incredible. And, and the signage you have behind you is remarkable. I'm gonna I, I wish I could have saved those. I'm going to give this one. I'm giving this one to Kimmy. So she could drop it off at her dad's house when you're. That's up. so nice. Thank you so much. Not it's 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 my honor. Believe me, I, I want incredible. to talk about one last thing. Oh, that was another name that came up was Sammy Davis. It's a who's who list of all these people that that you met and played with. I told you, I, I can't name all the people that that came into the Peppermint Lounge and that I met. Peter O'Toole, this one, that one. It's we get by the book. I'm yeah. I'm telling you. It's you, not just know. about music, and you're going to learn about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes in rock and roller's life. You know, I was a rock and roll star for 15 minutes or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, I lived a life, and I'm not proud of a lot of it. But uh, what went on uh, historically and, and the racism that took place. And uh, I, I, I like to think, I uh, I broke some of that barrier down. Absolutely, and I had a lot to do with it. No question. I'm very proud of that. No question. And and I and I love there's a there's a whole section in here where you talk about you know uh, when you encountered the mob because 
you know, we see the movies and we hear the stories. You live the story. Yeah, I, I encountered it. And they, they own my record company and they own the Peppermint Lounge. Genovese family. You know, yeah. there are five families in the city. And I can say, it, you know, that's who really owned it. And they owned the record. I never got paid any royalties for my records. Very, very minimal amount. $13,000. I had number one record around the world. The number one album, uh, the number two album, I should say. But it's all in the book. Thirteen. You'll, you'll learn about the mob. You'll learn about the music. You'll learn about uh, how I, I had an encounter uh, uh, having an integrated band in, in places up north, not just down south. And then I did a tour down south, and, and it's great, man. I did the Apollo Theater in, in I was going to say I love New York City, and you know uh, Johnny Maestro did it, Jimmy Beaumont did it, Billy Vera did it. Very few uh people uh that were you should say white or i don't i i could we're americans okay we're all americans exactly and but i had the honor of working with moms mabley and my band at the apollo theater and the funniest lady in the world so i you, got to do that didn't you didn't you use the twist chronicles man <laughs> you you went up to to uh will chamberlain's place too up there right up in Harlem. where uh, Wilt Chamberlain's, didn't he have a place up there? Yeah, and that's where I, we used to pick up uh, uh, Hendrix. Yeah. We used to go on the gigs, and we'd go on the road to Buffalo and Syracuse and Rochester and all the places, and, and the Catskills and, and Pennsylvania. And so for the year of 1965, he was my guitar player, and we played all the places, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan. I yeah, had my own club kid, at the yeah. time. It was just just amazing. And he came to Lodi to audition in my band. There's great stories in there. I love that. I, yeah, we, I don't want to give that story up. No, no, there's some guys, great stories about for, that. For you guys that, that love music, but more importantly, love the history, not just of music, but of what was happening in the 60s, this, this is the book you want to get. Peppermint. Success from a kid from first-generation American. And... and you were born there, but you're almost like first generation, yeah, like yeah. I am. My yeah. mother and father, they spoke Italian. You know, that, that's that it. And that that's it. what they brought with them. But they brought the beautiful cooking. Abruzzese cooking and Siciliana cooking. Nothing and better in the world. I had the best. And my wife's Napolitan, so <laughs> I got the best of all worlds. That, what, that's why we have nine you pizzerias. You can't beat us when it comes to food, folks. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry about that. I'm proud of that. Exactly. It's almost like we should be saying you're welcome. Look, <laughs> do you eat pizza? Everybody eats it. La pizza. La pizza. Where did that come from, right? Yeah. Napoli. Yeah. And look, we've got nine pizzerias in Hawthorne. So what does that tell you? Right. And they're all <laughs> successful, too. Joey, I, I can't I can't thank you enough. I mean, it was a pleasure. Uh, it was a, it was a, beyond a pleasure reading through your book and and just getting a chance to chat with you a little bit. You know, it's always it's always nice for me to t talk to a goomba, but you know, a goomba, Grazie, a goomba that has a great Italian American story. Uh, you know, and I, being an immigrant, I, I hear a lot of stories of how you know. People either either fight to survive and, and build themselves up and, and teach their children how to how to work hard and, and exactly passionate. good work passionate. ethic. We all have that, and my children have it as well. And my my mother and father, listen, Italians weren't treated too nicely when they first came here. Either. No. Remember yeah. that uh, they people were prejudiced against us, and the Irish too when they first came over. Yeah, you know it happened. It seems like. You got to have somebody below you. I don't believe that. Bring people up, not down. Exactly. And you know what? You you did it in your band. You lifted people up. You, Without you, a doubt. You made them Without successful. And I was so fortunate to have some of the greatest people. In, I have six people, seven people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that were Starlighters and, and won, an, won an Academy Award. I mean, you can't do that. It might be a Guinness Book of Records. I'm not sure, but and, and you know what? It's who knows? A, you're not you're not in the Hall of Fame yet, right? No, and, that, and that's fine. I'm in the East Coast Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm happy with that. 
Yeah, but you know what? We're going to, and I know you have a street named after you in Passaic. Another, and, and the auditorium in the middle school named after me, and the high school named after the Shirelles. So Passaic is pretty cool. So, so listen, guys, call up the Hall of Fame. You tell them for someone for someone like Joey D and the the not only the influence that you had musically, but the influence that you had building up all of these other musicians and how you broke the racial barriers in the early and mid sixties by in, touring in, in New Jersey anyway. Yeah, and then for later on after I became successful down south because I broke that barrier in the fifties. Yeah, right. 57, 58, you know, yeah. that's when I had the, fir the first uh, band of color. And man, oh man, it, it was my pleasure to tell these people they can't come in, then none of us are coming in. Exactly. Oh, oh, oh okay, you could come in. Oh, okay. And that opened the door for, for us. And, and stay tuned. You and read stay the book. They tell it in their own words. Yeah, the guys yeah, that yeah, were exactly. in the band, they say it. I, don't, yeah, I didn't no. have to say it. And guys, so you could tell this is get the book now because you could tell this is going to be either a documentary, a feature film coming out. We're already working on a documentary. That's already happening. There Maybe you go. a feature film. That would be nice. Go to go to Joey book, Get that book, man. Go to joeyd.com. And he's gracious enough. This is how much he loves people. He's gracious enough. You mail him the book and he will autograph it for you and, and mail it back to you. That's beautiful. undoubtedly I love my that. pleasure. All right, don't go away. I'm going to sign off, and then I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to say ciao to you. Uh, guys, I, I, I don't know if you were as excited about hearing the stories as I am. You're going to be even more excited about reading this book. Again, go to joeyd.com, pick up the book. It's, it's a great gift. It's a great, it's a great gift for music lovers, history lovers, Jersey lovers, anybody. Any, it's such a Italian lovers. Italian lovers, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I really encourage you guys to get it. And, and I, I do promise you, I'm going to give this to Kimmy. I'm going to, I'm going to text her right after we talk and I'm going to tell her to, uh, I'll drop it off at her house so she, she can give it to you. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Right. Father. Don't go away. Uh, guys, again, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I, this is to me, it's not only a part of, of, of American life. It's a part of my Italian life. It's a part of music life. And it was just a part of history. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Go out and pick up a book and let's make him a bestseller. All right. And make sure you contact the Hall of Fame because I know he's being humble, but he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. This is the kind of story that needs to be documented and memorialized. Well, all right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you.